Welcome back, listeners, to this week's episode of If I Only Knew. Today, Fred and I are going to be talking about a new Netflix comedy special by a youngish comedian called Bo Burnham. And he's really relevant in today's youth culture. There's tons of really interesting stuff out of it uh, that I enjoyed when I watched it. So I gave Fred the task of, of embracing this young comedian and trying to investigate what he thought of this special. Fred, do you want to say hi and just give people some thoughts? G'day, listeners. How are you? Are you? Uh, yes, Matt gave me homework after hearing about all these references that he didn't know about. Matt finally dropped some homework on me, mm. and uh, I was just saying to Matt off air, he nearly got a very angry text about six minutes into the documentary. We're talking about a documentary called Bo Burnham Inside, currently on Netflix. Yeah. We have no relationship with Bo Burnham or Netflix. (laughs) I will say if Netflix are listening and they'd like a relationship with the Finally New, Matt and I are very available. Mm. Uh, Well, we'll start a new movie review podcast, Fred. Movie review. But I thought we'd have our own show, but okay, (laughs) a review show. What did you think of Bo Burnham inside, Matt? Because you're his demographic. Yeah, I think it's a fascinating look into two things. Firstly, I loved the way it tracked the experience of going through lockdown. So it's called Inside. And the whole goal, I think, for me, the goal of this comedy special is to track what it's like to live in a lockdown for a year and a half, two years as a young person to say, well, this is what I'm experiencing. This is what it feels like. The start of it was much happier and it starts to slowly devolve into this sense of I am struggling and this is my struggle and this is what it's like. So I love the way it tracked that feeling because I really related to a lot of the struggles that Bo was talking about. The other thing that I think makes it really resonate with a lot of younger audiences is the way it engages with some key challenges for young people, I think, at the moment. So um, some of the themes that you and I have talked a lot about, Fred, are really resonant within this comedy special. So things like technology and well-being, climate change, uh, suicide and mental health, even just the concept of growing older, like that is a kind of like a scary thing for some people, is uh, brought up in this special. So I think that's why it resonates with young people. And in particular, that whole idea of an exploration of one's mental health while struggling through a lockdown, I think Bo Burnham's special was really authentic in the way he portrayed his struggle personally through lockdown. That's how it felt to me, at least. I think a lot of people have related to that. And so I um, I really enjoyed it as a bit of a an artistic attempt to get a look inside people's heads during the lockdown. Well, no, I certainly appreciate you putting me onto it and giving me this homework because it was a challenge. Mm. I think for those that will watch it, I'm cautious around the title comedy special. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you what I took from it, Matt. It's slightly different to you, and it, and I think this is to a degree, both being a psychologist and being of my generation, I do want to say now that there are some themes in this documentary uh, slash comedy special slash performance art that are very related to mental health and may be triggering for some. So we should say in the event that you make a decision to go and watch it based on what you've heard or what you hear here and it triggers you or you find yourself in a position of discomfort, you can always call Lifeline on 13 11 14. And in the event that you're not okay, we encourage you to reach out in whatever way you can. That could be going to the emergency room in a hospital, calling triple zero, or as I said, Lifeline on 13 11 14. Now that that's out of the way, the way I 
pictured and appreciated this piece of work was as performance art. I really struggled to find it funny, although there are hilarious bits in it. As a piece of creativity, Bo Burnham is known for doing parody songs and he is very clever. He's a hugely creative person and I really appreciated his creativity. Because he did this comedy special by himself, he films it, he lights it, he records it, he performs it, he wrote it. And as a purely creative endeavour, it is actually really impressive and something to be appreciated in that regard. Um, He is a funny guy in other contexts, and there are certain really laugh-out-loud moments. Two songs in particular, White Woman's Instagram. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And uh, Sexting. Yeah. Uh, I, I must admit, with the White Woman's Instagram, I was watching it going what the actual and then i realized what it was about and i realized that his parody of white women on instagram just was a chef's kiss excellent (laughs) the sexting one in the right way made me think of your generation because it would be a new (laughs) and novel experience to me and i won't spoil it but it does the song ends very very well for me with uh with a a failure of technology (laughs) where i guess i struggled is this concept of respectful challenge so the question for me was at about minute six i was cursing matt it was getting on my nerves and at about minute 20 and at about minute 25 and this doesn't speak to bo burnham himself but it's the nature of a generation delivering content in a way that didn't speak to me Mm. so i want to say first and foremost i believe bo burnham to be a very talented and creative person and representative of his generation, well, that's up to his generation to say. It's not new for me. We have a great parody uh, comedian, musician in Australia called Tim Minchin, who's done some remarkable stuff. Prior to him, a favourite when I was about your age, Matt, the Doug Anthony All-Stars. I'm not sure Mm. if you've ever heard heard of them. them. Yeah, I have. That's Um, what I get. Very nice. Yeah, they're really remarkable, kind of funny guys. They were on the tail end of their career when I was about your age. Paul McDermott still one of the greatest voices, I think, and talents in Australia, currently writing kids' books. So the, the, the medium of comedy wasn't new for me. What was a little bit um, interesting for me as a psychologist is Bo's very real understanding of certain mental health conditions. Mm. Whether he intended it or not, he puts up a treaty on the internet and particularly social media. Yes, how did you feel about that, Matt? Because whilst he's inside it, he's tearing it down mm. and it didn't mean as much to me. It wasn't confronting to me, but he's really targeting you and, and your peers in this kind of diatribe about how social media is really <laughs> messing with you guys. Yeah, yeah. What was that like to hear? I think the way Bo comments on technology was the thing that captured my imagination the most. So I watched this with my girlfriend and she was she's been a long time fan of Bo Burnham's and she really took away that that feeling of almost being triggered as you were um, describing this danger of this friend because she's been a big fan of Bo's for almost 10 years and watching the change of Bo from the happy-go-lucky, self-reflective, somewhat anxious but still very much out there comedian to a much more clearly challenged um, creative 
during lockdown was really um, intense for her. But for me, the way he commented on technology was by far the most cutting and articulate discussion on technology that I think I've heard, particularly through a song form that was still quite funny. Um, in particular, the song about the internet, he has a whole song about the internet, and the sort of the key theme to it is that the internet provides a little bit of everything all of the time. Apathy is a tragedy and boredom is a crime. Yep. And I think those is like a, a, a theme behind what makes the internet so very dangerous really spoke to me because I definitely feel that. I don't like being bored. I don't like feeling apathetic. And I can access anything all of the time. And that is terrifying. So I think the way he articulated and got to the heart of that technological challenge for our generation is the thing that stood out for me as being the most powerful commentary that he made. Um, well, for me personally. Just, just yeah. say that line again about apathy and boredom. So the sort of chorus to the song is apathy is a tragedy and boredom is a crime. So that this is what I say about this guy being, I believe, creatively a, probably a genius because mm. that, that line yeah. is really powerful yeah. and that resonated for different reasons with me. I think that um, from a psychological perspective, within six minutes I knew I was looking at somebody that had struggled with mental health. Mm. It didn't surprise me because some of the greatest creative minds of our time definitely have that dark passenger that they talk mm. about. And the one from the generation before me, but one was very present in my life was Robin Williams, yeah. um, who spoke very openly. Robin Williams, much like Bo Burnham, made a lot of his mental health in his comedy. The funniest line he ever said was, I went for rehab in wine country. <laughs> And there were shades of that. And, and in that, I think we all recognise an inherent danger to the person we're watching. And this is why it was really challenging for, for me as a health professional. And a little bit of that guardianship of the audience when you realise or you know what's coming mm. and you worry a little bit about how others might perceive it. That's their journey, not mine, but you can't unlearn what you know. There is a great scene in the special that I'm really fascinated by and I'm keen on your take on which is when he sings a song and then does a commentary <laughs> on the song he's singing. Yes, yes. And there's a purple background and there's a picture in picture. And from a creative perspective, it's probably one of the most remarkable things I've ever seen. Without giving it away, Matt, yeah. when he did that, what was that representative of for you? Yeah. Oh, it was, it was a fantastic piece of like modern commentary because it's all, it's, it's parodying the YouTube reacts to um, yep. genre. There's a whole genre of YouTube videos where people watch something and then they react to it. And it's all about their personality and the fact that you're invested in them and you're watching the thing, but you're watching how they react to, to it. And I think that that, um, Bo did a fantastic job. I think part of why he speaks so much to my generation is because he does such a fantastic job of capturing some of our hobbies and what we actually genuinely do in our spare time. So that is something that is very popular among young people to watch these reaction videos. And he takes that and then he takes it to the nth degree. And it's really well done. It's very clever. The other example of that where I think he really resonated was in a, a scene that he did with playing like a Twitch stream. So as a, as a streamer, you can play a game and then talk about that game yeah. and follow your character and people can watch you do that. And he has a whole segment parodying that with quite dark overtones to it, I yeah. think. And That's so cool. those are the two kind of quite parallel examples to me of where he takes a existing format in youth internet culture and plays with it to bring out something a bit absurd or a bit 
dark underneath it that I think was a really uh, powerful, yeah, creative message. The, the React video was fascinating for me because I have seen these videos <laughs> yeah. because my daughter watches mm, mm. internet celebrities geared towards kids who are watching other internet content and reacting to it, as you said. Yeah. Now, I read a little bit about this afterwards and Bo talks about that particular piece of the special being about backlash on backlash yeah. on backlash. Yeah. Yeah. So this, who are you offended on behalf of? You can't say that. You can't say that to people about people that said that. And it's this very meta, and I use mm. that youth term because yes, it yes. makes sense to me. Yeah. It's quite meta humour. What it looked like to me, not understanding the context before he did it, and only vaguely being aware, is it's the best metaphor for a dissociative disorder I've ever seen. Interesting. That's really interesting, Fred, yeah. And I would use this if I was teaching about dissociative because it is literally a loop mm. and a rumination. Mm. And it was really powerful in a way that I'm not sure if he intended it. And that for me was like, wow, this is really neat. Probably not a super new device. I've seen something like that in TV before, but him doing it in a certain way, I think was really remarkable. Um, can I ask a weird question? He gets naked <laughs> a fair bit in this. He does, doesn't he? Yeah. What's the, and down to his undies and stuff. What do you reckon that's all about? <laughs> that's a really good question. Is there a context I miss there? Is this about the internet exhibitionism? I'm, I'm trying to work the... Oh, I'm sure you could give it all of those artistic descriptions there, Fred. I think that that's definitely a part of it. I think what he wants you to feel sometimes in this special is a real sense of discomfort. I think he is trying to encourage the audience to feel a bit strange. And there are a few songs in particular where he's wearing a few less clothes, where I definitely think that the point there is to say, I am vulnerable. I am, and, and you should be vulnerable too. I also think that sometimes it might also just be a symptom of the fact that he's done this entire 90 minute production by himself. And so he's looking for a little bit of pizzazz, a little bit of something different um, to to spice up the scenes that he's uh, creating, perhaps. See, I have a bone of contention around this piece oh, yeah. of work. I can't say to you that I enjoyed it. Mm. I found it compelling. Mm -hmm. So as a piece of creativity, I've never had as visceral response to something as this mm. and it took me the longest time to work out why mm. where i landed with it led me to do research after the fact because i understand that the largest outcome from this for his fans was is he okay yeah and I don't think there is any assurance for anybody that Bo was okay. Only Bo can speak about whether or not he's okay. Mm -hmm. I did send a message via Instagram to Bo to see probably like 150 million other people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. To see if we could find a way to get him to engage us on the pod. Mm -hmm. And if that ever happens in the future, we'll try. I found a booking agent. I've also sent them an email because... This is the sort of stuff where I'd pay money to hear what he has to say. <laughs> yeah. Where it disconnected from me, one, I do not understand why it was called a comedy special. Yeah. There's a lot of funny stuff in it, but I would call it performance art. I would call it a docudrama before I would call it comedy. Mm -hmm. He's a funny guy. He's a very creative guy. 
I really appreciated his vulnerability around anxiety. Mm. And in the way, there's one of the songs where he uses the word agoraphobia, and that makes sense to me. I, I won't spoil his take on his own issues or challenges with mental health, but he speaks about them openly. Yeah. Where it departed for me, though, was around authenticity. Mm-hmm. Because I think he was playing into that as a theme and there is no obligation to absolute truth in this sort of comedy. It's self-referential, but we know, and I've read an article about this along the same lines, it was very hard to find a different opinion on this that fit with what made me uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And I found one article that made some sense to me. We'll put it up in our notes. But it spoke about truth in comedy. And what I researched afterwards was I wanted to know what really happened to Bo Burnham. (laughs) And this is why I say to people, I'm not recommending you see it or don't see it. But if you see it, proceed with caution and understand it's a work of performance. It's not a documentary. Yeah. It's shot in a, a room not much bigger than the one I'm sitting in now. But that was done by choice. It wasn't done because Bo Burnham was contained in a pandemic in a one-room studio. Mm. In fact, I now know he lives in quite an impressive place with a partner and a support structure around him. None of that was shown in the special. Interesting. Yeah. So he linked into this isolation and I think it's timely with the pandemic and I suspect that's why he really linked into it. Because in his own way, he is isolated and you can be as isolated from the chin up in a room full of people. I'm not suggesting that's not the case. But the perception that his journey was the same as people living in a one-bedroom unit Mm. was dissonant for me because I could kind of tell it wasn't 100% right. I'm not saying he didn't feel what he felt. I'm not saying he didn't put a lot of vulnerability and honesty on camera, but the authenticity of being able to switch all of that stuff off walk across the yard into a a nice suburban house, give your partner a hug. None of that was in the documentary. Mm -hmm. Interesting, Fred. That's a really interesting takeaway. I hadn't investigated that far to see what Bo's actual experience had been. but Because I was definitely left with the sense of this was the struggle that uh, Bo went through in this special. And and I believe the struggle is real, Mm. but I believe he linked into the struggle Because it was timely. Yeah, interesting. Because it was reflective of people's experience, which Mm. makes him an enormously creative creator. But there's an absence of authenticity Mm. in that that really got to me Mm. because it's not real. Mm. It's a performance. Yes, yes. So I think one of the reasons that this really struck me is it's one of the few things that I was able to clearly articulate as being art for me because it is more than the sum of its parts and i think that's one of the criteria that i have for art yeah on that i think we completely agree yeah and so i think that a part of why i felt that was because i thought that Bo did the most exceptional job of drawing out what a year and a half lockdown must feel like now there's an interesting question as to whether or not he had that same experience as someone who was in a one-bedroom apartment themselves. There might even be another question as to how important it is that he himself did have that experience if his 
comedy special allows those who did have it to better analyze or articulate their own experiences. Um, yeah. mm, interesting. I think when it resonates with people for me, because look, every comedian, when a comedian says, I walked down the street last week and a picture <laughs> pooed on my hat, <laughs> we're allowed to understand that they may not have had that experience. It may yeah. be the sum of, um, a lot of collective experiences mm. that they've gathered together and turned into material. So the only cautionary note for this, for me, mm. for people that may choose to watch it, mm. is I think Matt said it really well. As a piece of art, it's compelling. Yeah. It wasn't a pleasant piece of art for yeah. me, yeah. but it was compelling. <laughs> the bit that challenged me was the idea of ultimately when it resonates with people, I just say, remember it's pantomime. Mm. Not all of it. Some of it cannot be faked. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but there is no doubt that there is a choice made to lean into the worst of what may have happened. Mm, 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 mm. And that doesn't mean it didn't feel that way. It doesn't mean it's made up. But on some level, it's a choice, not a condition. Mm. I have a real respect for the way you're approaching this analysis here, Fred, because you're making it very clear that it's not that this is just your take on it and yeah. it's something about the way you experienced it here and Bo's emotions and stuff, they're entirely valid. That's his work and his life. I think that's the, a really appropriate way to go about critiquing what is clearly a very personal piece of artwork for a creator yeah. like this. Yeah, yeah. And at the end of the day, because it's art, I really appreciate it, mm. found it really compelling. Mm. compelling. I'm better for having seen it, thanks mm. to you, Matt. Mm. Mm. I wanted to, uh, there was times, uh, and I don't know if you remember the scene where he's got a light on his head and yeah. he points at the disco ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, yeah. that was just out of the park. Yeah. I don't know why I thought that was amazing, but that bit <laughs> got me. There were parts where I wanted to laugh and did. Mm. The sexting song was probably mm. the funniest part for me. Although, White Woman's Instagram <laughs> just, I have to say, I'm there. And the bit where he's talking about being a cisgender white man and yeah, he's got lots yeah. to say, maybe yeah. you should shut the Yeah, right up at the start. It's fantastic. You know, there's so much yeah. insight there. And, and he recognizes, yeah. to his credit, that he's doing what he's saying could be a problem. Mm. I've asked certain other people to watch it. Yeah because I think that their take on it, the, t the takeout though, if, you, if I leave you with nothing from my experience of this is it's very millennial. At the end, if you're left wondering if he's okay, do your research on that bit. Yeah, that's important. And understand that this is performance mm. and like performance, good performance and good art, as Matt has pointed out, it's evocative. Mm. I Can I speak briefly on Those. the fact that it wasn't as funny for you as maybe you expected a comedy special should be? Because I wonder if there's a generational difference there as well, because I found most of it funny in some capacity or another. Even the really heavy stuff I thought was done with a real good twist of dark humour. And I know that you're a big fan of dark humour, Fred, but maybe we have slightly different conceptualizations of what's a, a dark humour in some capacity, where for me, even some of the some of what he had to say about um, mental health and his journey and stuff, that because he was so um, self-referential with it, I was able to laugh because I felt I was laughing with him rather than I felt I was laughing at him, which is an interesting difference and maybe reflects a slightly 
darker or nihilistic approach towards humour for uh, younger generations in this instance. You just dropped the, the most magic word there ever. At six minutes in, when I was going to text you and say, <laughs> Matt, the homework you have assigned, <laughs> dot, 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 the darkness of it was so apparent so quickly yeah. that it took me out of relax and laugh. Yeah, yeah. For me, personally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that's really interesting, I think, because I don't think it did that for me. And I don't know if that's because we're different people or if it's because of the different generations that we come from there. But it's also, we've done a, a piece of work recently on this podcast about confronting art mm, mm. and not knowing it. You set me the same task I set yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And <laughs> I, should I was have, confronted. I should have warned you for it. I'm sorry. I didn't even think. I was like, this is just a great piece of artwork. But no, it's actually super heavy. So apologies for that. That was No, uh, I, I, you have nothing to apologize about because it gave me a fantastic insight. <laughs> it made me as angry as it made me mm, interested. Mm, mm, mm. And... I think if he set out to really get people thinking, yeah. I'm surprised Jeff Bezos hasn't sued him. <laughs> that was some good songs with that. Yeah. They're, they're, well, the lyrics of that song don't yeah. even yeah. come yeah. close. Yeah. Uh, so, guys, that was that was an old man's take on what mm -hmm. the kids are talking about. And I suspect Matt and I are going to do more and more of this to each other. Mm -hmm. It's hard to hear us talk about it if you haven't seen it. I'm not advocating that you do see it. I'm saying if, if you've heard what I've said and you've heard what Matt said and you want to make a choice, it's a piece of content on Netflix. I will say this. Um, he has other specials on Netflix. Yeah. I've started to watch one and I've enjoyed that because the contract around comedy special is a bit more apparent. Mm. Clever guy. If we ever get the chance to speak to Bo, we will do that. <laughs> I'm sure it'll cost us a bit of money, but you know what? I reckon it'll be well worthwhile. Thank you, Matt. No, it's been excellent, Fred. I, I'm really glad you were willing to dive into it and have such a uh, such a multifaceted opinion on it. I think that's a really interesting take that you've had there. And it kind of contrasts with what I experienced as well. So I've enjoyed that a lot. Mate, as always, this podcast, taking people in new and novel directions. <laughs> we're here to entertain and educate. Oh, exactly. That's it from me for this week, Matt. I'm going to uh, go have a lie down and a cup of tea after a deep dive into the millennial end of the pool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it must have been a pretty deep one, I suspect. Uh, there's there's a, a lot going on in that uh, comedy, comedy special, uh, inverted commas, but uh, I, I'm very glad we were able to have a bit of a dig into it. Thanks very much, Fred. Been excellent. Thank you, mate. Catch everyone later. See ya. I want to make sure that everybody understands that the Better Pod Network has a number of good products out there. <laughs> we have great friends. And if you go to our uh, page, we'll put links into some other podcasts that are coming up. I'm very excited about what the back end of 2021 will hold for mm. a number of people starting their pod journey through the Better Pod Network. Thank you for listening. This podcast is a Better Pod Group production. With special thanks to our researcher, Nicola Binks, executive producer, Matt Blanch the providers of our theme song with credits that are in our bio, and of course, you, the listener. It's important to remember that this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. Whilst there are therapeutic themes discussed, in no way is this podcast considered treatment, and in the event you're in a psychological emergency, please reach out in whatever way you can through 000 or Lifeline 13 11 14. It's important to remember that the discussion is for entertainment purposes and the opinions voiced by podcast hosts are theirs and theirs alone. 
Any reference to copyright or copywritten material is, of course, the copyright of the copyright owner and or relevant corporate entities. Thank you for listening to Bed Pod Group Productions and tuning to some of our other excellent pod productions on this network.